Hey everyone, get ready as we take you on another journey into tabletop gaming goodness. And as always, we have an awesome prize this week. Simply by liking this video, commenting down below, and subscribing to our YouTube channel, you'll be in the running to win this Marvel Crisis Protocol core set from stored on tabletop.com. It's an awesome set, jam-packed with no less than 10 miniatures, a load of terrain, and all the cards, dice, etc. that you need to get playing the game. Plus, if you want to help us out here at On Tabletop, make sure you share this video on your social networks like Facebook and Twitter. But get ready, peeps, because the weekend starts now. Welcome to the Weekender. This week I'm joined again by Free. Hey, Free. Hey, how's it going? Thanks and, for having me back again, guys. Yeah, you're welcome. And of course, the Tasty Boys, Ben and Jerry. As we always. are the Tasty Boys. We <laughs> are. <laughs> um, <sighs> some aspire to Tasty Boyness, others have Tasty Boyness thrust upon them. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of tasty things, what about that prize we're giving? <laughs> Eh? Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty damn good set as well this one for anyone who wants to dive into marvel christ protocol this is a good starting point obviously it comes with a bunch of really awesome avengers and that kind of thing as well so that oh fantastic ultra model and red yeah. skull and everything too yeah. um but it's not even awesome. just the, it's not even the minis i'm most excited about the this is me being born but i'm most <laughs> excited terrain. about the buildings and the cars yeah. and the isn't there like um garbage cans and yeah. stuff in it as well well you need them because you have to be able to throw them at people's yeah, heads they're interactive in game into them yeah. so it's you need you need a lot of terrain there you need to have a, a city to to smash and destroy if there's nobody there then damage incorporated don't have any way to make cash yes, by cleaning true. up after the heroes so you need to be able to smash everything inside but oh, things yeah. like the weak, the weak chaos is lovely um because i painted that setup for the uh the studio and the it's even got you know, a little till inset into it is sculpted in the magazine rack and stuff you're just going this is just really cute sweet but the garbage cans the garbage cans oh, people Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah the lid comes off them right and oh. they're, they're classic old garbage cans which means you could if you wanted break out the green stuff and some static grass and make yourself a tiny groover this would definitely be happening hmm. flipping avengers meet sesame street oh. <laughs> That's the crossover I want to see. I think I, 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 I think I think Big Bird could uh, could deck Red Skull. I think that'd be fine. It's, yeah. it's the I'd fact pay that to see that. Snuffleupagus <laughs> would just be in the background beating everybody up. If yeah. you pissed off Big Bird, you get its leg right through your f***ing chest. <laughs> It'd be immense. Don't piss off Big Bird. <laughs> right before we get too carried away with that, what, what a strapline uh, for this episode! Don't piss off Big Bird. Just don't, <laughs> don't do it. I believe we have an end of the week that we're going to get stuck into. Who are we going to be looking at this week, Terry? We're going to be looking at TH Miniatures, yeah, uh, or Terry Henry Miniatures, I suppose. Uh, it's a Canadian terrain uh, company, Very so cool. specifically 28 to 30, um, 32, 30, 32 yeah. 35. They're chunky, they are chunky, we'll give them that. Um, but a beautiful set of fantasy 
buildings that would do uh, a sterling work across the board for pretty much any sort of fantasy game you want to drop them into. Age of Sigmar, definitely. Uh, confrontation, as you can see from a lot of the miniatures, that works if you're still <laughs> playing Confrontation. It does have a big community. Um, but he does these beautiful themed sets, which is what drew me to him in the first place, uh, because I looked at them going, well, these are ideal for me for playing Kings of War and Vanguard and various skirmish games. Um, and, and each set has a, a sort of a, a broad spectrum of stuff from big centerpieces. So there's nearly always a centerpiece piece uh, for every theme. But then there's also walls, scatter, uneven ground, uh, in some cases with the, the runes and... Uh, Oh, whatever they call it. It's it's not the runes. Runes and something set that you're in at the moment. You've got the little sort of cannon fence or gun line fences uh, and stakes. They are a very lightweight resin, um, so very robust, and they have a real chunkiness to the sculpt. Yeah, I was going to say, which is they, almost they... cartoon-like, but it means they're God, they're robust. Are they hollow or are they solid no, pieces? No, okay. no, they're 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 hard hard plastic. Or not hard plastic, hard resin, um, but very, very lightweight. Um, I don't know what resin he makes it out of. I mean, that you can see there, the the gravestone is sitting on top of um, wow. the thing, and it's just a gorgeous little piece. Yeah. Um, so so interesting for just table scatter, but then you can also weave them in. So the pit that we were looking at that the gravestone was sitting on top of, and there may be better pictures of it in here somewhere. The pit comes with a lid, essentially a floor. So you've got like a set of room steps up and then you've got the floor, but you can actually take that off. And it's, it's literally a pit with stakes and dead people inside. Um, Brilliant. And, and it's a one, one piece. It's, it's like a one or two piece cast. Can, Can I go right it? up to the top? I see the pit. The pit. Oh, the pit. The yeah. pit. Uh, well, I could because it's up there. <laughs> I could literally reach up and get of it. Of course. I, I dare say his pictures are probably better than mine. Um, so I don't know if it shows you it open in this. This is this is the new version that he's yeah, just done recently. You can definitely see just here where it does open. Yeah. So you'd think it was that central piece, but I don't think oh. it's the actual, it's the whole top. Hang on, I'll get mine. Is it ah, where, yeah. the, where the wooden state where the wooden yeah. uh, poles yeah. have gone through the beams? Yeah, what's the it's very awesome? Yeah. They're, they're really detailed. Actually, be pretty good for even if you won that box set, getting some of this terrain to go along with the Marvel yeah, stuff can be kind of funky. To throw a big bird, yeah, yeah. Could you imagine Big Bird <laughs> jumping up and down on this? Oh, you would just shoulder dropping you from there. Big Bird, there's <laughs> <laughs> my little uh, my little gravestone. Cool. Wow. And then here is now this pit is slightly different because this was his original Kickstarter. So the the new range is is upgraded and changed. So this was um a specific piece that he did that was Kickstarter exclusive. But if I pop That's that brilliant. off there are many pits, but this is my pit. And inside <laughs> can you see the stakes in there? Yeah, kind it's, of. It's definitely because it's it's obviously it's it's just prime grey at the moment. So yeah. But I mean that as a one piece cast with the various sticky up bits is i don't know how he's managed it's pretty to do awesome it's, it's, it's quite it's big as well oh yeah oh it's, it's a chunky chunky piece um, with the sticky up bits in your hole to begin with yeah no that that is a one piece cast with <laughs> all of that and let me see like if that. i can switch my other camera on the thing that i quite like it, it, it you know last week we looked at the more miniature stuff which has oh. that kind of heroic fantasy style to it yeah. 
that was a miniature range that I thought would work really nicely with this because I think it blends quite nicely with a lot of the resin train that 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 he does as well over in Spain. It'd be a really nice sort of matchup, I think, actually. But uh, yeah. I think what's great about these is there's different themes to match what you're playing as well. Yes. So you've yeah. got your jungle and your desert. Mm. You can completely adapt it to what you want to play with, and they just yeah, look so high quality see. as well. Yes. We can, we can see your screen. We can see inside your pit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's you can see like big claw marks on the wall from whatever's been stuffed inside. Oh, yeah. That's brilliant. Stick some snakes in oh. there, drop uh, Ragnar yeah. in. You'll be. Uh, yeah. Doug, the motion blur is back. Oh, there we go. <laughs> That's how you get the illusion of, of heightened distance. Yeah, but I feel I'm going to move on a section here. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about. We've mentioned that there's other stuff. We haven't even started looking at the other the stuff. The desert stuff's fantastic. The desert stuff is great, yeah. Mm. Again, because um, Terry was actually a studio painter for Rackham, and so mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff back in the day in the original confrontation would have his scratch-built stuff for the photographs ah. uh, in the background. So when, so obviously he moved to Canada and decided, I, I can turn this into a business. So a lot of the stuff... Even though it's generic, it still has a very Rackham confrontation feel. So the 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 stuff in the desert here is quite nice. But there's another set of deserts, um, which is hidden away in the Ragnarok theme called the Scorpions, which is very much based on the Alchemist of Durs. So it's it's very steampunky. It'd be very good for things like Lost World or Wild West Exodus, and would then match with this set of desert train as well so you can expand it through buying several different sort of things yeah well let's take any of the desert jets let's take a quick detour so ragnarok and Gold ragnarok yeah so there are three in there uh the wolf is for essentially the wolfen so it's it's very uh native stone carvings and things that oh, wow. werewolves have put together there's there's their shrine to goddess moon and again oh, so you can see the celtic the, gaelic look to it yeah, yeah and the angular spirals are uh -huh. very confrontation-esque yes obviously they are, something yeah. he'd love painted and they're carved in so you don't even have to think or anything oh just wow i yeah. love that these come unpainted because you can really add your personal touch to these as well yeah especially with things like this where it's stonework uh, or rocks if you you know you don't need that sandstone look if you go for more traditional sort of gray or granite then you're yeah you don't have to to worry about repainting you can match it to your table but the texture and all is already on the the dirt so to speak so all of that texture there hasn't been added that's that's part of the sculpt um so you might want to if you flock a lot of your stuff for static grass you may just want to paint it like dirt and then flock yeah, over the top yeah. to blend it to your table um but there's already that texture on it so you can get away with very quick that's cool dry brush yeah so this is more slightly more um viking sort of nordic style isn't it to this kind yeah. of stuff yeah. again it's every time he does it he does a big cent i say a big centerpiece that's ooh, 20 maybe 25 centimeters i mean it's huge <laughs> yeah so because yeah. the so ragnarok something around there because the ragnarok miniatures were slightly taller than 28 mil ish i think yeah, yeah in really? the back so, in the day yeah. back in the day people looked at them and went, they're very big nowadays they're probably the standard Rackham stuff, um, yeah so it's it's not too far off. So we, even though he's still sculpting in that style and that scale, mm -hmm. um, they're perfect for Age of Sigmar because it is bigger than life. They're also very good for things like Frostgrave and, and Ghost yeah. uh, Archipelago because you could have these as your, your stone. Oh, they're gorgeous. Why have I not bought that yet? Um, <laughs> they are... 
Oh, that's this, an amazing turning, wall. You don't often see that. Shot, don't often say that, but no. yeah. <laughs> that's a good-looking wall. <laughs> and the little fountains and things. I mean, there, there's a there's two ranges that we really have to. We, well, three. We really need to look at the scorpion stuff in the desert because it's smashing. But then the jungle for uh, things like ghost uh, archipelago, and then the frost set, the frozen set, just for Frostgrave, is just remarkable. Um, and here you see you've got this. Alchemist steampunky feel. Again, they're just little set-in pieces, little incidentals, you know, labs lost in the desert. So you can build these into the side of uh sand dunes if you want to, or just have them as scatter. I think I really enjoy the distinctive look that he's got. Yeah. All the stuff is different, but yeah. it all has the same exactly yeah, aesthetic. Re 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 recurring aesthetic. Uh, and it means that if you were to get these, even though they're specifically scorpion in the desert but you paint them granite the the columns and the the pillars are stylistically very similar to the stuff from ragnarok and from the rune set so um could match so you, could, nicely, you could still yeah. paint them all the same if you got them yeah. uh, you wouldn't have to worry about mixing and matching too much the jungleism is just amazing and again oh, there's another wow. left off top it's just showboating i feel at this stage I was but, thinking the the scorpion stuff would quite be nice. Would be quite nice for Stargrave as well. Actually, mm. going to like explore some lost ruins oh, on yeah. an ancient planet or something. Especially this stuff here as well would, would yeah. do the job. I imagine this would be particularly good for people getting into the un, unsearchable on Google Wadrun for conquest, where you've got the oh, yeah. the Saurian orc aesthetic coming mm. through uh, in the jungles, the lush verdant jungles. So having this. Uh, I mean, God of Death coming screaming out of the gates is always good for them. Was the packaging oh, wow. good? Because what you tend to find is when you get big resin pieces, if they get a smack in the post, I've, they, I've, they don't last. I've bought four separate sets from them over time now. Uh, they all come from Canada, where the Canadians live. Um, <laughs> and I haven't had a single damage piece. That's cool. So packaging is excellent. And some of them, if you buy the big sets uh, where they're collected, apart from getting a bit of a saving on it, there's also normally a painting guide in there as well as to how oh, to paint cool. them, which is is nice. Even if you're not planning on using it, it's nice to see mm. the techniques because they can always be applied to something else later on. Not how like do this, you how do you find painting them, Jerry? Um, remarkably easy. Well, most of it's stonework, uh, and I have cheats for stone where i just throw lots of washes and pigments from a distance and then walk away and my work here is done and when it dries it's fantastic um yeah and, then, and if, you're, if you're a called a games member you should be able to find videos on that, that oh, yeah, yeah. On, on tabletop as well yeah um and the they take because the detailing is is so defined when it comes to making them you know shaping carving them washes and the like go on a treat so you're not having to spend an age trying to get this intricate stonework to be picked out the, yeah i got that for my um abyssal dwarves for kings of war because oh, I, I felt the urge for lava the big volcanic walls particularly nice it's just like a sheer really long very narrow great way of cutting off the board and annoying people also very good for role-playing games i've just yeah. thought as well for those that are inclined to use miniatures jerry uh, just, you could... i didn't say anything I, <laughs> i'm just moving my head but see these things everywhere he has like you know there's a set of stairs going up to a ruined statue but again you can lift off the top and there's like lava inside it and it's up <laughs> wow. to you so you can glue it down or you don't have to you can spread it and then have two little bits of scatter train and the fact that he keeps including little things like that and this even though it's set for lava 
Obviously, you don't have to paint it as lava. Paint it yes. green ooze or something. You could. you could go for your sci-fi, or you could go for just some sort of toxic pool. Radioactive. Yeah. yeah. So it it could drop into other things as well. I really like the the stalag mites go up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I really like the stalag mites. Yeah. Got a system. mites, stalag mites. I think um, one of the uh, one of the things that that brings to mind is just the idea of more interactive terrain on the tabletop because it's very nice to be able to see things and play around them but if you have things like the doors open or you can move this rock and it opens up into a cave or you lift things off and there's a pit underneath it and that kind of thing that kind of stuff adds to the narrative of games a lot more and i really like that there's the the evolving battlefield feel mm. to a lot of this stuff so for example if you are doing some like of a skirmish game around that guy like one of your armies is going to try and find this lava pool where maybe a magic sword is kept suspended above the pit or something. And so you have to destroy the statue by rolling a certain amount of damage and then it breaks it open and there's the sword and all that kind of thing. You're so you can have a lot of fun with it. Forging the narrative. Exactly. Forging the narrative. Yeah. So well, much that, detail on every yeah. individual piece, isn't there? I like the variety and pools and pits and stuff. Yeah. Again, you know, if you're playing a, a, a like a six by four standard gaming table and you're playing a fantasy game it's always green always green 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 i have no problem <laughs> with that but then i seen these and it was like you know what for my my abyssals and my you know, demons and like instead of having a forest i use the stalagmites on a base as my forest um instead of having just you know like pools or lakes that people can't cross then they become lava pits and you know throwing those things on so essentially you're you know it is just the same sort of thing but you've got a nice lava mat and these bits and pieces on top of it and it changes the just the whole look instead of being another green field you know yeah and i do like that kind of things. Like well, if you want to do you know john carter mars with two other sections too oh yes yeah because this is all dark but if you painted this red yeah so you've got like a marsy I actually watched that uh, movie after your recommendation on uh, it's good, isn't it? and I actually really enjoyed it. It's a shame that it didn't become a, uh, uh, bad a franchise. Uh, That's yeah. solely bad marketing. So yeah. the Elven Obelisk set came up recently and you'll like these because he does display them with cow elves. Cow elves. <laughs> <laughs> Which we know you love. Right. Um, and he does these these smaller, I suppose he calls them thematics, um, where it, you know some of the ranges are a little bit uh more niche than others so that you don't have 20 or 30 sort of things and you've just got half a dozen or so but they're they're quite nice and for just dropping onto the tabletop and just wow. defining based on what army you have um it's a good way of doing it i think you're getting confused because i quite like the quilts <laughs> yeah as long as, they don't, as long as they don't have the uh the horns on them you're you're all for it. Um, oh, it's I, think, I think, think Lloyd's been sold by the horns. Oh, I think now. Yeah. No, no, it's, how, it's possibly his paint job as well. It looks less offensive, although that could just be because the horns are playing so the behind it. But I like the the fact that you have the repeated sort of bonsai tree. Yes. On the on the buildings, and you yeah. have those on some of the models as well. So clearly, he's looked at GW's range and went, "This would look nice with that." I do like a good crystal on a base as well. Oh, Playing around with crystals, always very cool. Yeah. For your full-on crystal mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> I Follow think me. So thematic, so the last ones, um, there's two main ranges. The, the board game 
are just hexagonal pieces to put on one of GW's games oh, for, that um, for a very small amount of time. Warhammer Underworlds. Yeah. What board game thing? It, they call it Shadow Peak, but it is essentially just it's to replace the cardboard token with, yeah. with um, hex. But these this this Frostgrave set looks phenomenal, and then the Horde set, uh, which is all the bone sort of thing, is great for ogres. And again, that that rune church just looks terrific. Oh. But and I like. Again, I yeah. Unlike these, you mm. don't have to paint them in a snow theme. You could mm -hmm. change the colours to different crystals. There's yeah. so much you could do with them. Mm. Very cool. Wow. That, that That's nice. No pun intended there, Ben, huh? Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, it's my buzzword for everything. It's just, it's always cool. So, yeah. Yeah. And the Rune yeah. Tower. I mean, again, beautiful, beautiful work. Mm -hmm. And I've been humming and howling wow. about these for a while That's before I started doing anything Frostgravy. And I was thinking, well, I don't actually play Frostgrave. I don't I mean, need to. And then I kind of started Frostgrave and say, like, mm, I probably should. I've been playing a game called Remnant. Uh, mm -hmm. And in that, they have like a large crystal that sits in the middle of their base. That is sort of the way that they sort of teleport around the the, world, the game world. And I'm just thinking how you could do something with that crystal, carve some runes into it, paint it mm. in different colours. Yeah. And depending on how you do it, it could be good or bad. And you could also use them as objective pieces and all kinds of things as well. So, yeah. oh, oh do look a nice bit of knot work. Mm. Oh, Kelwick knot work. <laughs> I'm glad he did it, so we don't have to. <laughs> Chuck a wash on a walk away. Yeah. Lots of icy spikes. I love <laughs> a lot of icy Look, spikes. There's a tower. He's definitely trying to appeal to you, Lloyd. Cow elves, tower. If there was some crit, you'd already be hitting the buy now button, wouldn't you? That's it. If there was crude on here, I'd be sold. <laughs> Is there anything we've missed? No, I think that's pretty much the, the whole kit and caboodle right through there. So you can you can see the sort of run of it. Um, yeah. Very but, cool. Yeah, it's cracking. Yeah. And what I like about that is when we're doing an end of the week that's very terrain focused, is so much of you can get involved in enjoying that because like it's gonna work across so many different ranges. Hmm. Like even the Avenger type stuff, the Marvel Crisis yes. stuff that we were looking at. I was mentioning yeah. that. I think you were busy digging through your boxes at the time. But yeah, I think I think you could stick your Marvel stuff on there. Yeah. Oh, there's no reason Tracking. why not. I mean, how often has somebody gone into the middle of nowhere in a, a comic or film to find a crystal. We'll just yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Do the stuff, you know, there's no, yeah. there's no reason why. Just described. Yeah. yeah. Hide, hide some, hide some infinity, infinity gems around the place and you'll be sorted. in the middle of Mesoamerica tearing up some jungle, trying to find something that was hidden yeah. by whatever, you know. You are failing. You've just described every Marvel film to ever exist. Find the MacGuffin and uh, <laughs> defeat yeah. the bad guy. Yeah. Well, that's it. TH Miniatures. Mm. Uh, if you like what you see there, you can go off and recreate Dark Crystal. Right, peeps? <laughs> Let's get stuck in with the news. Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that you love. It's the News. <laughs> Diving into the news, um, we had the finale of the Military Orders Week that happened on Monday because of some technical divities from the guys at Corvus Belly. And within that live stream, uh, Carlos was talking about some fantastic stuff coming up in the near future from the guys at Corvus Belly. And that is that. Later on this year, towards the tail end of it, we're going to get a new Kickstarter focusing in on Infinity Deathmatch Tag Raid. 
Ooh, super fantastic. Great. (laughs) So if you like tags and you want there to be only tags, then this is going to be the game for you. This is meant to be a board game. Um, uh, It was slightly confusing to begin with as to exactly what it was going to be, but it is going to be a board game where you will control and sort of create your own tag and then pilot that in a battle in what they've called a battle royale style um, tabletop experience. So you'll be basically trying to fight other tags and see if you can survive the longest. They have also said that there's going to be another threat involved with that as well. What that might be, I don't know. I'm assuming it's going to be some big monsters and alien beasties, perhaps, that you'll have to contend with alongside the other tags. Um, But as a little bit of a sneaky peek as to what's coming up from these guys, it sounds very interesting indeed. And uh, I am totally up for what they do with this because Defiance was uh, a great little game. And it's nice to see them expanding beyond just um, regular Infinity and Code 1 to uh, include a lot more... uh, uh, games and styles of games within their collection. So, yeah. That's it. That's all they've shown off so far. It is That's just a little teased, wee teaser. Yeah. yeah, they have indeed. They have said that it's going to be a fully immersive action adventure yeah. and you do get missions and events and surrounding what's actually going on at the time in the Infinity Universe. So they're yeah. incorporating Infinity involved. I love is- this. The Infinity experience on a never-seen-before scale. That's yeah, interesting because... A few years ago, we did this. We did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Tag> Defied! <laughs> yeah. So, so it's a steal, steal from the best. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so cool. A lot of people will remember this from our um, uh, Infinity Weekend boot camp where we, we sat down and played a really badass tag battle, a little, a very, very akin to video games and that kind of thing that we'd uh, you've, you've played before. This really fun rules, and uh, the, the game played out really nicely. You can probably download, well, you can actually download this, uh, but you can download this and probably try and bodge it and, and mod it to fit with the new edition of the game. Uh, I don't imagine too much has changed. No. Uh, but yeah, go and it's download those and get your tag on before the real <laughs> game lands later on. So we'll add yeah. a link down in the description for that. Yeah. Um, like Ben says, you may need to jiggery-pokery the rules because that's, whoa, three, four years old now. It's quite old now, but... <laughs> It yeah. was great this because we're looking at it going, what do we do with these tags? Tag death match. <laughs> I had about 16 of them on the go, kicking we the did, crap yeah. out of each other. Yeah. Nice. But it's nice the amount, to see. The amount of people spawn camping everyone was uh, very interesting. But yeah. Uh, yeah. But it did take quite a while to play when it there was did, like yeah. 16 of them. So I'm hoping like yeah. if you take this and change it into a board game format, you'll get that essence of that big tag battle, but not all the overhang of, with, oh, without right. constant AROs, yeah. Yeah, this is taking ages to complete. Where's such and such? Oh, they've gone to the bog. It was 20 minutes ago. <laughs> they're they're, for they're never snakes. coming back. Oh, just fuck them over. They're dead. Just go to the toilet in your tag. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> they are saying they're going to make the biggest model that Cordis yeah. Belly have ever released. Ooh. for this so the whole concept was based around big miniatures fighting one another so i want to know how big are these miniatures going to be what are we mm. looking for the mother of all tags then <laughs> maybe, or, uh, maybe maybe they'll throw people a curveball all the tags will be tiny and it's just some sort of space hopper yeah. bouncing around squashing people that's it Maybe they're going to return to like their 15 mil roots. <laughs> they don't do any historical historicals again, anymore, but, yeah. but they're going to do infinity of 15 mils. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> That'll set the world on fire. And uh, then technically, be, yeah. they could say it's the biggest tag they've ever made. 
but at a different scale. To scale, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking about tiny miniatures in a wonderful hey. segue there, oh, um, oh. we had some more stuff from the folks at Warlord Games because they have been adding to their Black Powder Epic Battles series, specifically around the American Civil War, which um, forms the backbone of this uh, collection at the moment. Um, Included within the set of releases that are going to be coming out in, I think it's sort of, um, I think it was sort of two months time down the road. Um, so these aren't going to come out for a while, but you can pre-order them right now. We've got these new command sets for both the Confederates and the Unions. Yeah. Um, they actually come with alternative models for at least one of the characters within each set, uh, which is different to the ones that were available as part of the pre-orders. And if you haven't seen this stuff before and you're thinking, this isn't as detailed as their normal stuff, this is 13 mil. I was yes. going to say how That's small it is. Yeah. Tiny. Just so, in yeah. case we look at this thing, this is like normal American Civil War stuff. No, this is tiny American Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> Just taken very close. <laughs> Not far <laughs> away. <laughs> this, this, is, this is how you do it, peeps. Look yeah. at that. Don't be afraid to show off your mini. These no. are like 13 mil based. Look at the size of that picture. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, 13.5 millimeter to its exact size, uh, but you could use these alongside some 15 mil out there if you wanted to, that, that but just be careful when you're doing comparisons. That so, 0.5 makes all the difference. It does. It does, it does. yeah. Don't shortchange in that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in addition to the command elements, uh, you've also got some new dismounted cavalry and also skirmishes, which can be used in your games. So um, as I alluded to last time when we were talking about the American Civil War stuff, cavalry's role within battle had changed quite a lot. It was no longer kind of the preserve of the big cavalry charge, and instead what a lot of the cavalry was used for, at least from what I was told by Warlord, <laughs> uh, is it would ride to locations, dismount, and they'd fight normally on foot before remounting their horses and moving on to different objectives, and also can be used to kind of harry the flanks yeah. of the opponents as well. It's interesting you should say that because they didn't like that. Obviously, American Civil Wars before World War One, but when World War One rolled around, they didn't bother to learn anything from American Civil War and just went, "Hey, we'll just do this as regular." And went, "What the <laughs> heck is going on here?" Well, <laughs> no, no, they had some had, oh. not everybody. <laughs> no, the, Austra they... the Australians mounted infantry are famous for having like the last cavalry charge, and the reason it worked was because people had got used to them getting off their horse and fighting. <laughs> And they just he's didn't. still coming. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, and then well, an emu attacked, and it was all over. It was so, done. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It wasn't the cavalry. It was the emus. People. Emu wars. <laughs> they're a real thing. Yeah. It was Big Bird the whole time. It was Big yeah, Bird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as well as the uh, <laughs> as well as the dismounted cavalry, we've also got the new skirmisher set as well, um, which will be available to those who want to put together um, sort of smaller fighting forces that would harry the opponent's advances and fight from the trees and that kind of thing. Their sort of prime use um, was sort of to hang around the flanks of armies and stop that just relentless advance of, a, of of the opponent. So as they're coming forward, you've suddenly then got to be aware of these you know shots coming from the trees over to your left or to your right or something. And then you take your eye off the big, huge charging units coming towards you with their bay and it's fixed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, another sort of like distracting tactic. In addition to that, there's also the new command strip set. So these are separate um, command strips, just solely strips of, of your command figures that can be used alongside the, uh, the larger units if you want to break them down into smaller ones. Um, so it's just a nice way of expanding things out and having more units on the table rather than one large grand unit, for example. Um, capping it. things off 
I've never Whoa. seen so many conjoined twins in my life. <laughs> <laughs> this, that's the thing they don't tell you about the American Civil War. <laughs> uh, in addition to uh, the actual miniatures for using your army, they've also got a couple of more sort of objective-style pieces. Nice. Um, so you've got the limber, which is for pulling pieces of artillery around the battlefield and manoeuvring them about. Uh, and then you've also got a wagon set as well, which could be used to mark your supply routes, perhaps, that are coming to the battlefield. Perfect things for your skirmishes and dismounted cavalry to attack. It's as if they've seamlessly blended it all together. Yeah. And um, you just take them and so, paint them in whichever army colours you're playing. Yes. Uh, so the dismounted cavalry, the skirmishes, obviously the command strips, the limber and the wagon can be painted up however you like to match for both the Confederates and the Union, uh, <laughs> depending on which side you play. And then obviously the command sets are um, specific to each one. So there you go. So these are specific. No, no, no. no, the, no the, the actual the, named, um, yes, the names oh, to figures who the guys at the top. the Confederacy with yeah. Stonewall Jackson and Lee and uh, yeah. Meade and Grant for the uh, Union. Although who might forget? Who am I, as, yeah, as Jerry said, perfect Gettysburg. Although, who am I to tell you who they should be they should be fighting for? <laughs> Maybe you want to do a twist on history and have some of the commanders fighting on the other side and see what it would do. But yeah, um, I'm ruining every historian's day by saying that. <laughs> but there we go. What are you saying? Warren's <laughs> <laughs> not here, so somebody has to. Keeping with the idea of diminutive armies, wow, these things are all seg uh, segwaying are. quite nicely together. Uh, we also have some more stuff for the world of Oathmark. Um, so due to popular demand, uh, McCullough, who is the author of uh, the designer of Oathmark Battles of the Lost Age, put together an entirely free halfling army list for use in Oathmark, their mass battle fantasy game. Hey, um, you can't so, get better yeah. than free, isn't that right? Free. <laughs> <laughs> all the jokes, all the jokes. I know, so, yeah. I know. Never heard that. Anything like that before? No. <laughs> it's brand new. That one. Yeah. I just popped in there. I'm immune from him now. I am. That's it. Now, th if these are sample pages. If this is free, where do I get it? Uh, so you click on one of the links at the top there and it should take yeah. you straight to it. Um, but yes, yeah, so um, there you go. Uh, so oh, you can just download it from the Osprey Games website or just use the handy link we've put in the description. Right. Uh, and this will take you through to the full PDF, which includes um, all of the kingdom building rules for adding um, halflings into your army, as well as all the different characters and units and, uh, and sort of artillery and monsters and stuff they can use alongside a list of spells that they can bring to the battlefield as well. Now, it was pointed out by McCullough that halflings... We're not trained for battle, so they may be useless. However, because Oathmark has been designed that you can make in a kingdom based of many, many different races and factions, you could add the halflings in as an additional sort of element to your force alongside elves and humans and goblins and orcs and all sorts of things. Man, like if only there was somewhere handy to get some halflings from. Well, <laughs> what? Surely not another segue. As if by magic, uh, North Star military figures have been looking after the Copplestone range for quite a while, and so they have um, provided a dearth of um, halfling miniatures for you to pick from uh, in metal to add to your armies. So you've got characters, different types of troops, and all sorts of things in there for you to play around with, alongside the actual official Oathmark um, sort of dogs and that kind of thing too. So. Yeah, it's a really nice range from uh, Cobblestone, Mark Cobblestone. So. Oh, he's talented, that fellow. He should yeah, definitely he, stick at this. He can make yeah. a career of it. It's almost like I bought some of his Lord of the Rings stuff not long ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting little force, though, because 
yeah, they are a bit pants by themselves, but <laughs> you don't need to run them by themselves. And yeah. they have a few quirks in there. Um, obviously, being good at archery and the like is always handy, but their spellcaster, I think, is really cute for concealing people and also for um, buffing and, and removing sort of disorder as well. So mm -hmm. using them in conjunction rather than running a pure halfling force is perfect for Oathmark, both yeah. game-wise and, and sort of story-wise. Um, it just makes a lot of sense to use them where they're strongest, <laughs> harrying the flanks and, and uh, just generally annoying your opponent, I think is key. I yeah. wonder, is it just one-mounted halfling? Or what, what are we looking at here? Halfling characters. Oh, ah, yeah. if they had a few more mounted ones, it'd be cool. I'd put them on the dogs. Halflings on dogs. Halflings on dags. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> dogs look great. We could use them in Saga. Oh, well, they are I, like I, basically Irish wolfhounds. I, I don't need any more Irish wolfhounds. <laughs> you can field seven Irish wolfhounds in a Saga force. Yeah. Uh, last count, I had 50. I do not need any more wolfhounds for Saga. <laughs> I've gone above and beyond this, on that one. This takes, dogs, huh? this takes me in, a, in an interesting, weird aside here. Mm. But I always thought, like, you know how lots of companies do lots of, like, beasts that you can add into your armies? Mm -hmm. I was thinking how cool it would be to just do an army of the wild that is nothing but beasts. That's cool. So oh, your yeah. cavalry are dogs, your big heavy infantry are bears and that kind of thing and just doing something like that i think would be really awesome you'd fall down when it came to ranged oh yeah but you know hard to fire a bow with paws but uh, it's a way to go another way to go for the army of the wild is just like get lots of bases and static grass them and say and it's all it. worms and beetles <laughs> <laughs> that's a cop out like. maybe have like a command squad of dandelions or something oh, yeah <laughs> eh? Good idea, that isn't it? Inventive. Uh, yeah. uh, let's not be too hasty with good. It's certainly an idea. <laughs> well, speaking of, speaking of good things, I think we're going to be talking about a board game now. Yeah, really sorry to break your segue because I'm going to be talking about a board game. Mm. Let me paint you a picture. Imagine being on your way home after a long journey via water. A storm hits and your engines become battered and by being pushed to their limit and here you become lost in a strange and unseen water surrounded by mystical islands and you make the gods wake up from their slumber to help you return home. So um, Sleeping Gods is coming to retails really yes. soon after being on Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. So it does sound really interesting. And uh, when I actually was eyeing this up on Kickstarter, I never got around to buying it, but now it is coming out. It is tempting me very, very much so. It's an immense open world storybook game. Uh, campaign game as it were which gives you 400 cards uh, to travel through an open world in an attempt to get back to your loved ones and as it's an open world and it's not linear there's so many different ways you can just play the game and it's really replayable um, and it's for one to four players as well so you can embark on your own or with a crew behind you it's completely up to you it's fascinating because i have read an awful lot of lovecraft over the years and if I woke up in an unknown island chain with elder sleeping gods coming up from below the sea, <laughs> I would not be expecting them to let no, me not uh, help. to help no. me go home. <laughs> yeah. It is due in April this year. And as I said, I didn't get a chance to pick up Kickstarter, but I am eyeing it up the more I look. It be does beautifully it does, illustrated. It, is it really is stunning. The, um, I was gonna say the the, the designer, Ryan Laucat, has done um, amazing stuff in the past you've done things like above and below and, and yep. beyond and that kind of thing and um just really nice to see this actually turn up in retail uh for everyone to pick up and play around with it's, it a, great, 
it's great cover art on that. Yeah, it's beautiful. I was watching this video on YouTube from this guy. Now I watched this guy. I can't remember his name, but I watched him a bit. And he was saying recently in the last few years, we've got into this thing where um, book covers and video covers and stuff like that all look the same because they're going down this formulaic route of you've made a film about this. Therefore, it must look like this on the cover, blah, blah, yep. blah, 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 for, because of these reasons, it needs to appeal to this demographic and this demographic and this and that and the other. But I think we really buck that trend in the whole board gaming sphere. Mm. Uh, I think you really do get cool looking individual covers. And this, yeah. one, this one in particular, although I have a bit of a Jaws vibe off it, I do <laughs> like it a lot. There is a box as well. There is a box somewhere. I have seen it with the the title that's on it. It's kind of a metallic embellishment as well. Mm, and it wow. is beautiful. Um, the game does go on for quite a long time, but there is a ton to get through as well. But if you're scared of running out of story and narrative, the expansion's on its way too. So Sleeping mm-hmm. Gods Ties of Ruined makes the Sleeping Gods world like even bigger. So it provides you with a second atlas, new story, more cards, enemies, you name it. Um, mm-hmm. I, do you know what? I love expansions like this that do it this way. It's not a case of here's a new game and here's another game next to it, but it's called an expansion. This one actually makes the world bigger. Yeah. And you can just see that future expansions are going to come out for this, just making the world itself become massive. I think that every uh, time you think you're going to get home, you just discover there's more unknown islands. There's another doorway. Mm. Yeah. That's that's the thing that I think is quite nice, uh, as Freya was saying there, that kind of seamless integration with the core yeah. game. Because I looked at this and was like, so has this happened after the events of the original Sleeping Gods? But you can pick up both and then just mix and match them as you want, which I think yeah. is really good. Because then it just means that if you're like maybe three quarters of the way through it and then you think, ah, you know what, I'll buy the expansion. You don't have to wait in order to enjoy it, which I think is really good. And one of the things that, uh, as well, obviously it's that story-driven that do for these, uh, these games from Red Raven are really, really well detailed and have really nice little bits of text in them. And they're quite, they're a, a, a little joy to read, which is always fun. And yeah. I always like being the one who reads them out and puts on the voices and everything like that. Story time. Yeah. <laughs> story time with Ben. Very cool. Moving on. Something else you can create a lot of stories about. We've got more Marvel Crisis to be talking about. So yeah, from the guys at uh, Atomic Mass Games, we have some new miniatures that are coming out through April and May. Uh, those people who want to build interesting hero and villain teams in Marvel Crisis Protocol, which we are giving away, obviously, as the prize for this episode. Nice. Um, but the new characters include some that I am very, very uh, excited by. So Luke Cage and Iron Fist, the heroes for hire, uh, going to be coming together as part of a new set. Um, so if you're looking to protect the streets of New York and uh, make sure that all the bad guys get uh, sent to the drink, um, actually, no, they don't kill people. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, superheroes don't kill, right? But yeah, um, if you want to send them to jail, should be the way that it's done, uh, then yes, you can pick up Luke Cage and Iron Fist. I really like um, the difference in the two sculpts, yeah. which kind of echoes their friendship. <laughs> Because they are like best buds, but I love that um, Luke Cage is like taking no. No, he's just standing there with his <laughs> arms crossed. It's very cool. Uh, and then Iron Fist is like full on doing the crazy martial arts pose, ready to strike down with the power of Kun Lun and uh, smash people in the face with his fiery dragon. But yeah, very awesome. <laughs> They've really, really incorporated the characters in the way mm. they're standing and stuff like that. Like mm. That just screams Luke Cage to me. If that wasn't Luke Cage and I saw that many somewhere else, I'd be like, no, it's okay. <laughs> it screams Luke Cage and Danny Rand. 
and then bends oh, a girder so, under his foot. Yes, just, just replace that with yeah. any other piece of trade you want. He's got he's got biceps for days. Oh yeah, which is <laughs> look at those traps though. I know. Yeah. <laughs> he's a bit like those people. Do you know the ones who inject the muscles with fake muscles and then they walk around like this? But there's no <laughs> it's just fake. I I, I I ask you to say that to Luke Cage first. Oh, yeah. Steroids, <laughs> <laughs> Luke Cage. I, I'm now fascinated by people who walk about with injected muscles. <laughs> oh, yeah, you want to go and check that out. People I'm at sure home I don't, don't want to go and check that out. Don't check that out, people, but I'm sure Jerry will love it. So weird. Uh, in addition to Luke Cage and Iron Fist, we've also got two new models um, for those who want to take the more villainous approach. Uh, we have Sin and Viper. Uh, so Sin, the daughter of Red Skull, that has been raised through the ranks of Hydra to be his sort of subordinate, and in many cases has taken over from him uh, to lead Hydra, Hail Hydra, uh, against uh, the forces of good in the Avengers. And on the other side, I'm of things, surprised they didn't name her Scully. Scully, little <laughs> Skull, baby Skull. No, Johanna Schmidt. Uh, and then we've also got uh, Viper, who is another, well, a protege of Hydra underneath Kraken before she went off to lead um, the uh, a team of mercenaries of her own in the world of Marvel as well. So if you want some deadly ladies to kick ass with and make some themed armies, well, not armies, but sort of warbands and stuff, you can uh, play around with these. They work obviously very nicely with Red Skull, but also Crossbones has spent some time alongside uh, Sin mm -hmm. as well. Um, so if you want to mix those together as part of a themed force, <laughs> then that would be very cool indeed. Um, you can always... you can almost make the defenders now as well because you have almost, punisher yeah. you have daredevil yeah. there's luke and Need danny jessica so jones, jessica jones. Yeah. get her in everything sorted uh this does lead us to well i was going to say there is a lot of stuff out now for um mm -hmm. uh, marvel crisis protocol they have done a lot of heroes and and villains but it didn't really strike until i looked at the gallery of exactly yeah. who was out <laughs> so everything down to spider-man is part of the core set there uh, and then you've got hulk and modok who were separate in the first wave of releases and then everything else has come out after that um a lot of these aren't um individuals um they're all either part of like duo or triple packs most of these um so if you want to pick them up you can dive in and play around with them there's the guardians of the galaxy there's dr strange there's the black order oh, there's thanos if you want to bring the infinity gauntlet into the mix yeah. start smashing people up hey uh, ghost rider ghost oh, rider that's brilliant yeah. yep uh the inhumans are kicking around there's wakanda as well so you've yes. got um Various both that, and it's interesting because you can theme obviously your your groups when yeah. you put them together, so you can go for your Wakandan group and have mm -hmm. uh, the Black Panther and Killmonger on the same side if you yeah. so wish, mm -hmm. um, or any combination therein. Likewise, mm -hmm. if you bring the Asgardians, you can uh, rock Loki and, and Thor side by side, or even bring Big Sis from mm -hmm. uh, Hela as yeah. well. I'm I'm very much looking forward to them uh, maybe diving into some more stuff in the future based on what's been happening with Disney Plus because obviously they did One Division very recently so it'd be nice to have uh, Wanda Maximoff turning up alongside Quicksilver yeah. and then we have had the Winter Soldier but it would be nice to have uh, Falcon. Bucky Falcon sorry yeah. Bucky is the Winter Soldier <laughs> it'd be nice to have uh, Falcon in there too. Uh, 
flying around kicking ass. They've got, yeah. got, got Vision, of course, at the moment. Of course. Three Avengers, but... Uh, Do yeah. they have? Do they have Wanda? Or they don't have Wanda yet, no. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have her. Oh. No. But the, since we've gone down the, uh, the, the magic side with Wong and Strange, yes. there's no reason why they can't no. uh, drop in the Scarlet Witch. Mm. Or you could even do... I mean, we've got Miles Morales... Gwen, Gwen's and, there, yeah. uh, Peter. So we're just really missing like Spider Pig, Peter Porker. <laughs> yeah, just do the end of the Spider Verse. I'd be off that as well, especially and with, Nicholas Cage's uh, Spider Man Noir as well. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's your coat blowing in the wind yeah. from in a cave. Oh. The wind follows me. So good. <laughs> yeah, so plenty to play with for Marvel Crisis Protocol, and they don't seem to be letting up on the releases either. Yeah. Oh, um, on a, on the mention of Atomic Mass as well, this weekend is going to be their preview of what they're doing in the coming months and years for Star Wars Legion. So if you're interested in that, look out for um, live streams and stuff over the weekend in that mm, regard. Nice. So. Cool. Right. Let's get stuffed. Oh, I know. We've got an expansion yeah. for Stuffed Fables. So if you haven't played Stuffed Fables before, it's a storytelling adventure for two to four players. And players can take their roles as some really adorable stuffed animals. And they come to life when a little girl's gone to sleep. And I swear I'm not going to cry because I'm still actually suffering from after tears from Toy Story 3 when Andy plays with his toys for the last time. I'm kind of getting tired <laughs> from this. But anyway, you travel into a mysterious world, which is determined uh, by an adventure book that's provided with the game, giving you uh, seven adventures in the box each lasting about two hours but this expansion's on the way so what happens to families the child grows up and abandons their toys no it's not toy story 3 but oh brother you can tell kind of what's coming a new baby brother has joined the family and he does not have his sister's recycling toys oh no he's bringing new stuffed animals to the game you've got pokey the unicorn and muscular manny so they're quite interesting muscular manny is really cool because he's a hand-me-down figure so he's the only one so far to be made out of plastic so he's definitely going to have um some changes to the game and uh, they will be joining the friends of the stuffies adding their own personal abilities to the mechanics which is shown throughout the core game mm-hmm. so with the new characters you've got a new storybook that features loads of new challenges and enemies to face including supernatural ones that lurk under the bed and those that haunt the nicest of your dreams there is lots coming out in the new expansion there's yeah. an almost joker-like figure there is one of the villains yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Although the fact that he's got a clipboard and a pen leads me to believe he may not be quite as villainous as the Joker. The real villain was bureaucracy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, My um, friend actually picked up the original Stuff Fables game to play with um, a board game club that he ran at uh, school where he works. And um, uh, he said it went down a real treat. Like They're also like 11, 12 years old and they really got on board with it and really enjoyed the game. And whenever I've seen Stuff Fables played it, um events and sort of conventions and things there's been families sitting down to enjoy it and it's been a really really good time because you've always got the really nice little miniatures and that kind of thing but the storybook style of it is just totally plaid hat kind of goes back to sort of old mice and mystic stuff that they did back in the day as well don't you have these minis ben i do i well i painted up my friend's Heroes. Oh, uh, for the original game. you were painting because yeah. you were you were showing these off to us in the XLBS show on Sunday. Yeah, a couple of months ago. Yeah, and uh, this really cool paint effect for <sighs> the color of the mini. splattered out on the base and it was really cool because it looked like the mini had put his foot down and splattered a load of paint out over the base. It was an awesome effect. 
You can see them even. I've, I've put a link in just so you can show it off and then you can take piss out of me for painting them out, painting over them. But yeah. Oh, you painted Brilliant. I can't believe it. <laughs> well, it's, it is really replayable, this game. And like Ben was saying, it's based on a family genre and it includes like fables and discussion points for families that they can actually relate to. And the fact that it's for up to four players and the age rating is seven plus, it's a great game for a family to get together and just play through the story. Yeah. It's really I nice. Can- See why it's seven plus because like once you get into the world of like stuffed teddy bears and stuff, it can get creepy pretty quickly. Oh yeah. <laughs> I had a teddy fluffy bear from the gummy bears, right? And I loved that teddy. But Warren and his mate broke wind on it so much that I had to throw it out the window. Oh. <laughs> he never got back into my bed after that. Everywhere. Because <laughs> he stank. That's such a sad story. That is. That is hard. That's just a saddest Toy Story free, Lloyd. I'm sorry. <laughs> Groffy, where are you now, mate? Where are you? <laughs> Rot- rotting in a garden somewhere. <laughs> just his two plastic eyes sitting there in the dirt. Just like, oh. uh, well, you know, that's brothers. You get this, don't let your brother at it. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, finishing things off for the news, we have a little bit of Games Workshop stuff. Um, so they're going to be doing a Warhammer preview this weekend, so watch out for that new stuff on the way. But available for pre-order this weekend, we have the new Piety and Pain boxed mm. set. We do. At our store. On tabletop.com. <laughs> exactly. It will be there bright and early on Saturday morning. Uh, but yes, this will include the two new models in the set of Lilith Hesprax, a named character for the Drakari, the Dark Eldar. And then also the Palantine, which is a new character for use in the Adeptus Sororitas Sisters of Battlestar armies as well. Um, I mean, it's not Space Marines, is it? No, no, why? it's not Space no. Marines. No, a big yeah. box that isn't Space Marines. Yeah. <laughs> not a Y chromosome to be seen. <laughs> Uh, so in this, you get a, a bunch of uh, stuff that it w- would not necessarily be the best way to start an army, but are probably a good way to expand on one that already exists. Um, so if you've been collecting either of these forces and you want to get the two new characters and a few additional options, then you can go and pick up this box and it will come with all the bits and pieces. In why? Why, would, why wouldn't it be a good way to get started? Because as a lot of people have said in the comments and yeah. on social media and that kind of thing, then the 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 elements of each force that you get aren't compatible really with making a viable force in the game. Only if you're going for Battleforged. Yeah. If you're just throwing down power level, yeah. you can go nuts. But that, so, that yeah, is essentially yeah, yeah. a heavy weapon squad mm. and a character backed up with a mm. tank. And then against Basically. them is yeah. uh, some shock flying uh, scourges. Some scourges, yeah. Uh, and then a venom. That, no, to be fair, the venom can carry half mm-hmm. of that infantry unit. And then you get While the other half are being run stuff, up, yeah. getting shot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's it's very light and fast. Against we will shoot you off the table before you reach us. Yeah, I I would very much recommend maybe combining this with something like a combat patrol set mm. or a getting started set would be a good way to go, just so that you'd have a little bit more to play around with the thing on the table. Well, are they throwing in? Uh, like a, I know before when they've done these boxes, they've been like mini campaigns. Is that what the Piety and Pain booklet is? Yeah. Is that a- so uh, instead of there being um, like a rule book and stuff in there as well, because it's not really a starter mm-hmm. set, there's the cap- that campaign book, which comes with ways oh. to just play with what you get. Oh, right. This is um, not this is not a mini rule book then? No, no. Oh. That's a campaign book, which deals with all the different characters and troops that you've got there. It also comes in as 
Jerry was saying with like a little bit of a little story sort of narrative thing for you to play through with what actually comes in the box. Yep. So again, trying to go down that kind of more themed narrative route rather than a more points-based style thing. Um, you also find some um, rules that I believe exist elsewhere, but there'll be very specific rules in there for fighting within sort of um, uh, uh, cities and that kind of thing as well and sort of dense terrain. So they've added a bunch of extra bits in there to try and theme it as well, which is pretty cool. Uh, and I think, as I say, it follows this, just the idea of Lilith Hesprax hunting down sisters of battle. So there's still that theme in there in terms of that regard of the storyline. Um, but as we were saying... Rules and stuff, though, then there's also yes. this codex. Yeah, so if you want to dive in and actually get started, then uh, they have Codex Drakari, which is coming out, which will obviously come with all the bits and pieces you need to play the Drakari on a wider scale with a larger army. So it'll come with all your special rules and, and uh, special weapons and all that kind of thing in there too. In addition to that, there's also the new Combat Patrol set, um, which, as you might have imagined by the name, has been designed so that it works really well for combat patrol style armies uh, and also a really good start to a crusade force as well which is their slightly more narrative style version of 40k where you kind of grow your army over time and spend points to buy new units and that kind of thing um so yeah this comes with a, a new archon and then you get a bunch of the uh, sort of standard drakari raiders and then you've got your your um also your incubi, though. As well. so yes there's also some incubi. In there, yeah. and they are double hard gentlemen incubi are badass but yeah, um, so yeah, probably a good thing. Maybe if you were looking at um, Piety and Pain and you were thinking about the Drakari, you could dive in and maybe pick up the Codex and the Combat Patrol set and then maybe split Piety and Pain with a friend because uh, then they can take away the Adeptus Sororitas and you can take the uh, the Dark Elder on the Drakari with you as well. So 3D printing, as everybody knows, it's my jam. I can't get enough of 3D printing. <laughs> it's your new favorite hobby, Dave. It is my favoriteest thing in the whole world. As Blinky did say, I was going to say, like Blinky put in the, the forums not long ago that um, 3D printing is the real way forward for collecting because you can have as many miniatures as you like. And they take up no space. So <laughs> have as many miniatures as I like as it stands. True, true. Space isn't an issue. There's always more room to be stacked. <laughs> but, it's like you bought loads of minis, stuck mm, them in a transporter beam, and forgot to, to like bring them back out again. Yeah. Eh? Oh, they're just buffering. That's it. <laughs> you can always pull them back out of the transporter buffer, don't worry. And at some point you're gonna lose power. They're gonna get spat out all together and come back as one gribbly wobble. <laughs> A blob of minis all stuck together, flipping hands out of heads, feet out of arses, dogs and cats living together. You know, it's a you world gone mad. <sighs> On that note, <laughs> Caballero miniatures. Then, <laughs> um, I I found this gentleman while uh, trolling around looking for um, Reconquistas, actually. So the the Spanish El Cid period uh, of Spain, which I know you're a big fan of. Yeah. Young Lloyd uh, and discovered this. I know. Uh, so this this is this is coming in April. So it was his preview sort of stuff I seen, but he's done one miniature in particular um, that he he's given away in advance, which is this gentleman. Uh, actually, it's not that gentleman. It's his. It's his friend. Although he's quite nice. <laughs> he's um, but nice. they they come courtesy of uh, inspiration. There he is. Wow. Uh, so Have a yellow was, Hidalgo. Yeah. So this is uh, a preview done by uh, oh, Giorgio. I can't remember how to pronounce his surname. Greek. Anyway, 
fantastic painter and that is just slap bang off the front cover of El Cid from Warhammer um Ancients. So the good old Wab days. And I was like, oh, oh, I, I need to know more about this. <laughs> and so I went hunting and uh discovered it was a 3D patrony type thing. So he's gearing up for April to be all about the Reconquista. Um so if people are interested in El Cid and in that particular crusade. Uh, on the Iberian Peninsula, there's an awful lot coming. Uh, yeah, he's been he's been doing the Lord's own work there, literally the Lord's he, own work. He only needs three, he but needs, he's got five so far. Yeah, he's got five so far, so you know, <laughs> he's practically doubling his crusade potential. Uh, this is this the, is this the week that three D printing becomes not just good but absolutely excellent. Uh, uh, excellent. Uh, <laughs> so you say he's got a patron. That is the patron there. That is the so. patron. Yeah. It's Caballero Miniatures. And then you've also found them on My Mini Factory. Yes. Um, not your mini factory. It's everybody's mini factory. <laughs> oh, close. Oh, well, bad. But yeah, uh, up until now, he has not been focusing so much on the historics. Uh, yeah. In fact, he's been going hell for leather for uh fantasy and he's come up with some really interesting twists on the standard fantasy tropes um well man so, this guy's got some seriously armpit funk look at that oh yeah no just on a complete tangent they know anything about giorgio there the guy's yeah. painted it um he he hammers stuff out to this quality no way on a on a daily basis and, you know, and he goes, uh, it's only tabletop standard, uh, and then just moves on. So, you know, you're you're constantly seeing literally units every week to the standard. It's like, that's done wow. now. Gaming, move along. Got Jeez. more to do. This is too simple. Anyway, uh, if you have a look at, where are you? I don't know where I am. I have no idea where <laughs> you are either. Well, let's here. Go, go to the front, right. Oh, oh. Go to see collections. Where it splits down. Oh, yeah. There we are. Now we're cooking with classical gas. Uh, so you've got some interesting bits and pieces in there, like the individual characters. So if you go into that, the Birdman is That's cool. different. I've uh, never seen anything like that before. No. And generally, whenever people anthropomorphize animals, they make them more human. This does just yeah. look like... Uh, you know, a bird with with a couple of human hands on it, so he can batter you more. It There's... reminds me of a good player character for the. I think it's called Aracoca in D and D. Yeah, kind of bird men. There's nothing like a birdie creature to stir up feelings. Well, you know, there was a movie, an animated one, when we were younger that scared the bejesus out of my <laughs> sister. So my sister's maybe six or seven or something at the time, and this movie comes on, this animated one from like Eastern Europe or something like that. Of this woman who's like woman up here, but birdie, birdie wings and birdie feet, run around. No, she went like a harpy. That's it. She went ballistic at this thing. It was great. I got about four or five years of torture out of that. (laughs) Don't don't you piss me off when the birdie woman's come on? Yes, yes, I have recorded. I'm petrified of birds. I cross the road when I see a pigeon, and that's everywhere in London. So yeah, rats of the sky. Um, other thing he's done then is uh <laughs> if you go back to just the the characters you start to see some of the uh individual heroes and this this gives you an idea for some of the later stuff when we go into the collections massively uh because he has a range of elves uh, and that one looks 
relatively, yeah, but regularly standard fare. Um, when we see some of the, the units of elves, they're, they're a lot more distinct. Um, so you've got these elf warden of the flame. He's a, mm-hmm. a sort of a battle mage with one of those, I suppose it's a glaive. It has a certain sort of Chinese feel to it. That's it. With one the ribbons day, hanging off it. He's standing commanding, vaping away happily, and the next, his hands in fire. <laughs> Batteries exploded, huh? Well, well, you know, it's always the problem with vapors. <laughs> <laughs> they think they're safe, but they're not. But they're not. <laughs> no. Every time, you've got awful one. Every time I click back, it goes somewhere weird, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Orc, uh, well, not the orc, the elf warlock. I'm a bit more feral. Um, for this and i like feral elves we don't see enough of them because feral elves are the white lines of a phrase yeah yeah but even now not particularly you know they're they're still fairly regimented yes they wear line stuff on their back but they're just notice the detail on their arms yeah that one there is vascular felfs as i like to call them yes well you would why would you not But let's not linger here too long. Watch this. I'll go back and it'll go somewhere crazy. Look, somewhere completely different. <laughs> if you scroll, if you scroll down just on that page, don't click anything. You'll see all the other things. Excellent. <laughs> so, uh, well yeah. Done. yeah. So you've got your elf legion auxiliaire and that kind of thing, and you've got your elf warlock acolytes and that kind of stuff. I've just got to open lots of things. You yeah, <laughs> do that. You are always happy when you're clicking. This is where that kind of weird theme thing comes in that Jerry was talking about because they've done. As they always find the orc samurai. Oh, oh yeah. So not That's at all what cool. I was going to talk about, but no. yes, there is an orc samurai. But <laughs> again, very good if you're going to be doing some D and D or something using that as a hero. Um, but yeah, the, even, the... yeah, even not then. I mean, just the fact that running orcs as a samurai, as opposed to you know cobbled together armor type yeah. of affair, is mm. just it's just nice. It's, yeah, it's it is cool. Different to see. That's it. Or sorks, as I like to call them. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's also, uh, and what we're seeing more of here, they're kind Mm. of Greek-slash-Roman-influenced elves, as they've uh, called them. Yeah, and there's several several units of these where you could almost split them with the sort of dark elf, high elf, or light elf troop. (laughs) And it feels like the Greeks fall more into the dark elf side of things not just from this <laughs> unit but there's there's a a cavalry unit that's very cold one-esque and there's a chariot as well they're all oh, very yeah. great we're gonna have to find them because i love oh, meeting yeah. some gormans and then eh? there there are roman-esque ones which i imagine would be more the sort of the high elf style um because you've got two very distinct i mean there's there's your roman yeah um and, and weirdly because because they borrowed the Imperial Roman Eastern Archer look for elves at the beginning, they don't look wrong being Romanized again. No, I think um, it looked pretty sweet. You know, that yeah, I it, do. It's, it's going back to the roots of where uh, GW borrowed the look from anyway. I think this is, the, this is the elf army I've been waiting on because I find elves a bit too elaborate most of the time. Hmm. And what size are these? Well, they're scaled for 28, but because you can 3D print it like a wizard, like that wizard, yeah. uh, you can go big or go small if you want, or you find the Raptor Knights. Uh, but there, see the Elf Warlock Acolytes bottom left? It's actually a 
horse unit. And there's that's another set of your felves. Is that right? Uh, it's going to be a thing apparently it's not going to be a thing Uh, but again you've got this feathered feral look um, yeah and and you can imagine them in war paint coming screaming out of the tree line and doing a lot of damage and then sodding off also like the fact they've given them chrises because you know yeah vicious curvy blades it reminds me of the style of elves that um westphalia did when they went yes. down that kind of slightly more um, First Nations yeah. uh, kind of look to, to all No, the, they'd be fantastic elves. to mix in with this. And again, it's it's different. You know, We've seen wood elves, and wood elves generally means they're just nice elves, but they've got leaves stuck to their cloak. <laughs> these, guys, <laughs> these guys look like they come screaming out of the trees yeah. Yeah. Uh, to give people terrible flashbacks. And here, and this is the reason I'm saying the Greek side feel more like they've gone for the dark elves are Greek, high elves are Roman. Mm-hmm. Um, because that that's just terrific and I also like the, the fact that they've added the feathers to the raptor oh yeah always a nice feature if you're collecting one of the Chaos Warbands from Warhammer oh, Underworlds yeah and, and that kind of uh, Age of yeah. Sigmar they, uh, they did one of the I can't Sanashi remember one. yeah, yeah uh, if you're collecting those they have that kind of tall helmet style of the Greeks that yeah, are mirrored Greeks. here. So if you wanted to expand out on that and add some cavalry in, that would be a pretty cool option, actually. So. And he's a, I'm going to say, a generic wizard doing his thing. Doing Summoning his a spell. Yeah. yeah. Cool. magic right. stuff. Staff's got a big ball on the head. And assassin elf. Oh, See? That's cool. One thing that I quite like about what we're seeing here is that for the vast majority of the entries, we've seen the 3D renders, but also someone who's painted the miniatures as well. So you can actually kind of get an idea of how they turn out, which is always a bonus when it comes to looking at um, 3D stuff. It's cool. So we've got Gelfs versus Felfs. Yes. Yes. Sure. And and Relfs. Is that a Roman elf? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Close to the Relfs. Yep. Oh, it's a lot of new hashtags to start using. (laughs) Show us your elf army. I wouldn't bother. (laughs) It's not going to be a thing. (laughs) It probably uh, is a thing, and you don't want to ever hashtag. Stop trying to make it a thing. You'll you'll get something you don't want to see. Don't don't hashtag (laughs) Grelf. That giant, though, as far as a Bretonian-looking giant who's just charging forward using a tree as a lance couch. Oh yeah, is mental. Very cool. And I wholeheartedly approve. Yeah. I'm impressed he managed to get enough chain meal to go around him. I assume somewhere there's a war elephant missing its chain meal. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a giant on such a tiny wee base. He's quite a small base, actually. Yeah. I don't think that base is as small as you think it is. <laughs> it's called perspective. <laughs> that, that, that smacks of being the standard 100 by 50 mil. That they use oh, on the Citadel, not a the old Citadel Giants. Oh. No. Oh, yeah. But he is very big. That base is big, but it is also far away. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. So it's a relatively yeah, it's a relatively new um patron. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from what I've seen, the the fantasy stuff is terrific and the that reconquista stuff just looks superb. Yeah, so it'd be cool to see how that's excited. expanded out on Patreon yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So if people are looking for that, then definitely 
he's planning on running that as April's patron. Nice. Um, so you've you've got a few weeks to track him down and jump on board. George oh, is, flipping is, is terrible. He, At this he, rate, I'm going to end up needing a 3D printer. Flips. No, that's right. <laughs> you've, you've got a brother with a 3D printer. Yeah, you've got them in the studio. Printer. Yeah. yeah. Minion, print me these things. Did you win one of our prizes? Find out on our prize claim center over at ontabletop.com. Here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won. If you see your username, fill out the form to claim your prize. All prizes must be claimed within 30 days. Next up, peeps, we're moving on into the Kickstarters. What have we got this week? Yeah, so uh, we start off the Kickstarters for this week with uh, the folks at Troll Trader, TT Combat, who are working on their campaign for Siege of the Small Folk, I'm going to call it in that weird halflingy voice. Um, so this is a huge amount of stuff uh, that they have been working on recently with an eye to get most of it out by the end of 2020. So let's see. Funded already, 15 days to go. So that'll be 14 days by the yes. time you guys see this at home. Yeah. Mm. What's, in the, what's in the video? If I press play, what's in it? I don't know. Watch it and find out. But <laughs> in addition to... Um, uh, One of the weirdest episodes ever. I suggest everybody checks if you've got a boiler, whether or not there's carbon <laughs> monoxide leaks. It's the, it's the gas leak episode. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Have a bit more of that. I'm doing that. That's the, uh, that's the, the bard. The bard, the, yes. uh, the hero. The best hero. thing about HeroQuest yeah. is... Uh, but anyway... Well, that's good. The bard is still alive because I was getting concerned he hadn't made a video in a while. Yeah. The core of this campaign... No, forget the campaign. I'm just going to keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. The core of this campaign is based around the idea of three armies. So, hence the idea of the idea of Siege of the Small Folk. There is an entirely new army that they are in the process of bringing to the tabletop for halflings. There's also another army based on goblins, your traditional greenskins, and then there's also an ogre army as well. In addition to that, and you can see some of the previews here, they're also doing a whole bunch of new massive monster figures as well uh, to kind of go and sort of add to their monster range. So mm. you've got dragons, you've got the giants who we've just seen, uh, you've got um, big, huge flying pigs, scampering pigs, evil-looking halflings, uh, and also some undead stuff for their previous range of halflings, which is pretty cool. And then there's also a set of terrain, which is based around the idea of a siege. So it's a big castle as well. Um, so yeah, an absolutely jam-packed Kickstarter just full of stuff. And as we you scroll through this, dragons yet? Flipping oh, yeah. As we scroll through this, you'll see just how many there are coming yeah. up. Um, so a lot of the workers, um, I believe already mostly well kind of been done already mm. so this is more sort of them going being like here are all your options we need a little bit money more money to get through all the rest of the process and that kind of thing and then we'll hopefully deliver this towards the end of the year uh, but there are lots of different play options in there for you to build smaller warbands or large armies you can Big go dragons. in and pick up their massive set of six dragons if you like as well uh, which have been based on some of the um, artwork that was done for the previous Kickstarter campaign mm. and one of their dragons they did back then as well. Um, we can't really stop. We've got to keep going. because No, so no, you've got to keep going. Yeah, you're not even <laughs> a third of the way down yet. Yeah. The, uh, there's a very nice forest dragon that we'll probably mm. see at some point that'll be ideal for a felf army. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's a really nice one that's kind of um, looking to bring 
armies that I'd say are kind of agnostic. So mm. a lot of them have similarities with uh, different games, but for the most part, they could pretty much run the gambit of like everything, really. Um, so you could use them in things like Wall of the Verawan, if you're playing Saga Age of Magic, if you're playing Oathmark, if you're playing Age of Sigmar, if you're playing just traditional Warhammer or Ninth Age, any of those kind of games, I think these will be perfectly fit for it. If you play a bit of Kings of War, throw them mm. into the mix as well. Use them as part of your Vanguard warbands and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, they've 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 really done a nice job on uh, bringing these to the table. One of the things I quite liked about the halfling stuff is that they've they've kind of stepped away from the country bumpkin yeah. thing, uh, and they've armored them up to the nines. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, here's my halfling slash Bretonian army. Exactly. Yeah. And there's the Lord. Of I mean, Jesus. yeah. I mean, I know dragons are cool, but is there anything cooler than that big? Like, okay. he's ready. <laughs> he's ready for battle. What do you mean? My halflings will win a game when pigs fly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah similarly um like obviously it's nice to see the halflings done in a different style but also the goblins they've got a very traditional look to them but i think they've also gone in and tried to sort of tried to step away a little bit from the kind of mushroom huffing um look that you tend to get with sort of age of sigma and that kind of thing um the ogres too Almost halfway. Almost halfway. Almost. Uh, oh, ogres. Good. I was just about to talk, to oh. them, talk about them. So uh, the ogres are big, burly, and slightly rotund. Um, so as you might have imagined, they might be sort of twinned with kind of Age of Sigma and Warhammer aesthetics. But a fair few of them are a little bit more muscular on the more muscular side, kind of yep. fitting into kind of um, Kings of War and that kind of aesthetic as well. So uh, it's a good mix of things. Uh, amongst the larger additions to this Kickstarter. There's Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see it. Can't oh, see it now. certain why he but... became a butcher. It's like Elvis and a critter had a love child. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely oh, don't Google that. Yep. Uh, you need to keep scrolling. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> goblins! Yeah. Goblets. Uh, goblets. Oh, goblets as they like to call them. <laughs> Um, I was gonna, in addition to what we're seeing here as we scroll through, I'll just go through some of the other bits and pieces that they've done for this, and we will eventually come to them. But um, as I say, there's terrain and there's the big monsters, and you're seeing some of the slightly more monstrous elements of the ogre force there, which is cool. Um, but they've also done some stuff for a couple of their um, other game ranges as well. Um, so this is kind of designed to be that it'll fit into any kind of fantasy game, but mm -hmm. they've also got a new miniature lined up for those playing Carnivale. Um, so if you like the Vatican forces in Carnivale, they've got a new miniature for that. Uh, and there's also an entirely new wrestling team for Rumble Slam. Uh, <laughs> wrestling team is amazing. It really is. I would say it's probably one of the features of it. it really you get stuck on your felf, have you? Yeah, there's your felf dragon right there. Yeah. A, fa a fagon? A fragon? <laughs> <laughs> Just combine words. It'll make yeah. a new species of some form. Rock dragon. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these are not as as impressive as others, but I think for the vast majority of the dragons, I think they're they're pretty cool. Um, but yeah, there's that massive fortress we were That's talking cool. about as well. Um, I mean, as you can see, there is quite a lot sized. to this. <laughs> I, I don't know actually. It is called a halfling fortress, so mm. is it halfling appropriate? Uh, I hope so. Yeah. I'd hit to get it and find it was. You know, none of the halflings can see over the, the human size, yeah. which is generally what happens when you run halfling or goblin armies. Yeah, all the terrain is too big for them. Get a bunch of boxes and set them along alongside the ramparts. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's good. They can climb on. Yeah, I approve of mantlets. 
<laughs> chest and groans, possibly. They really are looking to flesh out the year's worth. Of yeah. Work. yeah. I, there's I, everything here. There's terrain, there's minis, there's monsters. Here we go. Here we go. The Knights of the Squared Circle. Prepare the fancy party music and bring I these mean, guys to the tabletop. <laughs> moved on there very quickly. We yeah, what? I think we really got a chance to... We, we lingered over noblets. I'm hoping there's going to be a bigger image. No. no. There will not be a bigger image of Sir Poser. No, yeah. oh, that could have been Luke Cage, that. Yeah. Well, that literally is it. That's the only image. So we'll go back and we'll dwell on that then. For now, me. the thing I, I really... Now, I would love to see someone paint those um muscular gentleman in a style that shows off the glistening muscles oh yeah i'd love to see one actually do like an oiled up wrestler i think it'd be really fun to see what the techniques are for that it'd be very cool lots of varnish yeah put too much varnish on you end up with sweaty gigante oh there's a little uh halfling assassin that's unexpected where uh left hand side oh there he is yeah so the, those kind of boost little sets would probably be quite nice um, if you're adding to the existing collections that are out there. Um, Desert Elves are cool yeah. as well. And if you're making, these would be perfect little warbands for something like Kings of War Vanguard, as we were saying earlier. Mm. Just pick one of these sets up and use them as the kind of starting point for it. Cactus really monsters, cool. you don't see those often. No. So far, you don't see them at all. They are, they, are, they are strangely drawn. They are prickly customers. Halfling mm. scoundrels. Oh. <laughs> Yes, having skeletons. <laughs> Almost, and there. then it's just oh, a bunch yeah, of bases. Look at that. so. oh, <laughs> that's that's the shot. Blown right me there. away that one. That's so the money shot. With that. yeah. I mean, that's not, oh, that's, that's, really good. that's really good value for oh, plastic bottle cases. To be fair. <laughs> oh, round! Oh, oh. No, I don't need those. Oh, oh, you're wasting your time with those. I don't know if I can take more. Oh. They just keep coming and coming, don't they? Gee whiz. Dice. Dice, trays. I think we've I think we've pretty much reached it. Yes. Stretch goals. Yes. Well, I'm not going into it because there's probably a million bloody stretch goals. There are yeah. lots and lots and lots and lots of entries in this. Um, like you say, that's like a year's worth there. Probably yeah. take you three or four years to paint it all. Flipping yeah. egg. Um, so yeah, as I say, <laughs> starting now. Uh, yep. There'll be about 14 days left when you see this. Looking to deliver in November 2021. So yeah. Right, peepees. To round us off. What are we going to be looking at? One more next, Kickstarter. Yeah, next up on Kickstarter, we've got Stellaris Infinite Legacy. It's got 17 days left. So by the time you guys watch that, be 14? No. 16. 16. Is, is this Stellar, Stellaris like the video game? Stellaris? Like the PC so, yeah, game, yes. Yeah. The PC game, if you don't yeah. know the PC game itself, that's the one by Paradox Interactive. And it's a massive hit for sci-fi fans. So you, on the PC game, you go for a galaxy conquest, you discover new stars, civilizations, worlds to explore. Um, and you go through different tensions betrayals defeats and there's a wide-reaching galaxy there for players worldwide on the pc game so when this was first announced for me i was like that game's huge there's no way this can transfer over to a board game but i was wrong this game earned one million backers uh, one million pounds worth of backers in the first 24 hours and it promises mm -hmm. to be just as in depth and incorporate the strategy that's involved in the video game and it's still got time left um 
it looks absolutely fantastic and you'll have your choice at the beginning of your own government and your own origin and you can explore and expand into new star systems and just doing it on the tabletop and you investigate strange events occurring on the galaxy anomaly with anomaly event cards and you can colonize and populate new planets meeting all different walks of life in one huge space empire but do i need like a billion years to play this no No. you don't (laughs) Really, strangely enough, this takes, they've been, you don't need to be clued up on the video game either. So it's open to newcomers and it's anticipated to take roughly two hours to play. So you don't need to commit to completing it just in one sitting. And it comes with a drop out gameplay so you can restart your faction at any time. Ah, so instead of watching the Snyder Cut, you could go play this twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's all very peaceful going on about in your own space antics, but your well, empire's got the <laughs> <laughs> empire's got the ability for others oh, to play too. So this is a popular Kickstarter. This one, I'm just going to and watch the counter, huh? Yeah, <laughs> the galaxy. It just really proves that you can bring that whole thing onto the tabletop, the whole galaxy, and you can forge alliances, but. Sci-fi would be a bit boring if there wasn't any space conflict uh, with lasers and head-to-head battles engagement. So diplomacy does not always win in the end. And you can engage in the higher tech space battles and invade your opponent's planets too. There is a lot that you can do. Yeah, it's it's one of those cool 4X style games. Yep. So if you're familiar with the likes of Twilight Imperium, which does take a weekend to play, yeah, <laughs> uh, or um, something like Eclipse, which recently got its um, second edition quite recently, which takes about four or five hours. This is a really nice um, kind of halfway house, I think, for a lot of people. It'll yep. be like playing those bigger games, but uh, cutting it down into that two-hour window, which I think is really cool. Um, the thing that I really liked in particular from what you were saying there as well, Free, is that idea of creating your own fra- factions and yeah. building that up in the character. Because yeah. one of the coolest things about Stellaris is at the start, you choose kind of like how your race looks and uh, kind of like all the different abilities and powers they have. And you actually get to do that in Infinite Legacy, which yeah. I think is really cool and carries over. And it means that you're actually, you're almost playing a game before you're even playing the game, which yeah. I think is really cool. You you might be able to double dunt this as well. Although the ships don't look particularly big, you could probably use them as smaller ships then if you painted them up for your board game in a billion suns. Uh, well, yes. Yeah, awesome. yeah, I was looking at that. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> it always comes back to a billion suns. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> I really love these type of games and like being the sin human that I am. I'm always, I always take the peaceful route, as it were. And I used to play a game when I was younger called Black and White. Do you remember Black and White? Yes. Yeah. And my family always used to get frustrated watching me play it because I'd never go on to war to colonize. <laughs> so you were just a shade of grey in the middle then? Yeah. I was the one who liked to impress people to bring them in. But, you know, mm. I've got a bit too much uh, faith in humanity, quite clearly. But the, in this. <laughs> Um, my fight, my fight or flight sense kicked in, and I always want to run, and I always going to go for the peaceful route. Oh, let's discover a new galaxy! But uh, against four different, well, with the expansion, up to six different opponents, yeah. I don't think you're going to get all of them that want peace at the end of the day. So there's definitely going to be a lot of conflict involved. Did yeah. someone say something about being able to dip in and out of this game? Yes. Yeah. 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 So they've got um, it's kind of drop in, drop out game. So they've they've. One of the things they said is obviously these games can take a while and if someone has to suddenly go for whatever reason, then they can, all they have to do is pack up their character and mm-hmm. go and then the game can can just continue and you don't have to restart it, which is great. So 
Yeah. I wonder how that works. Like, if I control a load of space, where does all my space go? Do you just divvy it up or what? I think they do kind of like a, um, I think it's a portion, it's a percentage of it is kind of like divvying it up, but then another, you kind of like the, uh, like an in-game element takes over, yep. takes control of it, so that they're now just more things for you to explore later on and that kind of thing, which is cool. Game-wise, uh, I suppose you could just say like, oh, the leader of that faction has died and yeah, broken yeah. apart and you've got this amount and I've got that amount. Yeah. But I think it's it's always nice for these bigger games to have that in because not everyone can dedicate the same amount of time, but they maybe still want to enjoy that kind of experience. Yeah. And if you don't have the amount of time to play something like this, then sometimes it's nice to just be able to like, I'm going to pop in, play a bit, and then, you know, pop off and stuff. So if you're losing... You can you can pack all your toys away. <laughs> in the other room, make a phone call and say, "Here, Bob, your dog has run away. Bob <laughs> leaves. You inherit half his army and dominate yeah. the galaxy." That's it. Yeah. That's it. Perfect. Yeah. If you want Wait. to be that vindictive. <laughs> yes. Yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how big it gets because you know, obviously the exploration looks like it's part and parcel. But yeah. from those little pictures, I couldn't tell whether it looks like the board is already set. And then you flip and reveal, mm-hmm. so it's 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 going to be finite or possibly tailored. Where you're going, we want to play this amount, so we'll we'll have a much. It looks pretty larger. expansive. Yeah, yeah, it looks very expansive. But some of the other pictures earlier was you know a ring of six or seven hex if, tiles. So. If it's anything like Eclipse, um, you have a defined game space. It's still a table hogger, like it will take over everything, but it means that there's like an extent to how far it can go out. Yeah. And I imagine they'll do something where you'll have kind of like an inner element of the galaxy followed by like an outer rim and that kind of thing as well. So it's giving me shades of eclipse um, throughout a lot of this, but with a yeah. lot more kind of depth so to it actually. But uh, yeah. each one of these looks like a portal then. Yeah. The there are wormholes between the different areas. Yeah. yeah. Easy so way to make way. It looks to me like I could choose to go this way and then we just pop down a new, yeah. new tile to say, okay, over there is this. And at some point you need to join it all up. Yeah. Yeah. I like fun. it. Yeah. Big fan of 4X games. Um, definitely going to be checking this one out and uh, having a closer look at it and that kind of thing. Academy Games has done some really nice stuff in the past. What's so, uh, yeah. Sweet. There'll be 17 days to go from when you see this. And obviously, yes. they need all the money they can get to help them fund this because they're just, <laughs> they're just barely funded at the minute. Scrape a bye. <laughs> all right, peeps. Well, that brings us to an end of the show. It's been great spending another. Friday night with you. Get ready for the XLBS, peeps, because it'll be coming at you on Sunday. We're going to be talking about hobby and other things we get up to. Uh, Get your comments in for that awesome prize. But until next week, happy gaming. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.